I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Instant Reaction Podcast. HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on an interesting Saturday night. uh, A happy Saturday night in November here in the state of Iowa as the Hawkeyes get back to a win, a 17-12 win over Northwestern at Northwestern. Um, there's, I don't really know how to come at this because on one hand there there's positives and I feel good about some things uh, and I'm optimistic about some things. On the other hand, you almost just gave that game away to Northwestern. So uh, let's start with the positive. The positive is that the offense had life tonight, uh, had more life than it has the last couple of weeks combined, and it really feels like we have donned the Alex Padilla era of Hawkeye football. Um, Spencer Petras won 12 games in a row, and I think what he's got like the second best starting record of any quarterback in program history or something like that. Um, I think his starting day should be over. He... Uh, seems to be a good leader and a good dude and all of the things, but um, you know, it just especially tonight, it just wasn't there. And when Alex Padilla came in, not only did he play well, not only did he find the playmakers on this team, namely the two freshmen who we'll be talking a lot about, but the entire offense and really the entire team to some degree felt like they found another gear. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I liked what we saw at Alex Padilla tonight, especially in that first half, especially those first couple drives again to find Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce uh, to just make plays, to find Tyler Goodson. And all of a sudden, you know, the line inconsistency wasn't as big of a deal because Padilla can get out there, run the ball or, you know, run, be on the run and, and make a throw. So really happy about that, obviously. Um, now, that being said, they only scored 17 points. So... It's not like this offense lit every lit, you know lit up the world or anything like that. It's not like Alex Padilla was perfect. Uh, his stats: he was eight of twenty, eighteen of twenty-eight, hundred and seventy-two yards, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, but Tyler Goodson had a good night for the most part: twenty-one carries, one hundred and forty-one yards, and a touchdown. Not sure why he didn't have a couple more carries, namely in that final offensive possession, I guess before the victory formation. Uh, before the defense bailed out the offense once again on this Hawkeye team, uh, why we saw as much of Gavin Williams as we did. That's not complaining. He seems like a good running back, uh, uh, you know, an, another young kind of stud freshman, redshirt freshman that, that Iowa has now. I mean, Iowa's skill seems set up for a pretty good future here. And if Alex Padilla is the quarterback of the future, it feels like there's some real potential there. But you do wonder why Tyler Goodson wasn't out there uh, in that final drive. And you also wonder, now we're going to go to the other side of it. Why the hell don't you throw the ball? I mean, if you trust Alex Padilla enough to put him out there, you have to trust him to be able to throw the ball once in that situation. You can't run the ball three times and punt back to them, Um, especially the way that Hull 
carved up Iowa's off our defense just the possession before. I mean, we've seen Iowa lose these games because of exactly that. And to not even call a pass, I mean, gutless. It's you know, just no confidence in your offense at all. No, con- I mean, you're anyway. It's it was very disappointing to not give Alex Padilla a chance to to make a throw. He made a couple of throws and and passes were dropped. That that continues to be an issue for the Hawkeyes. And he again, he wasn't perfect, but he was good. He was very good. Uh, he seemed to provide a spark for this offense. He found his playmakers, and honestly, he found Tyrone Tracy and Sam Laporta more often than than Petrus has been recently. Also, you know, it wasn't just that he's. I saw playing sick days made a point that you know Pity has been thrown to the second team a lot, and so maybe he's got a little better. Um, relationship connection with some of those other guys but he was also finding Nico Regani and again Tyrone Tracy had a it was emotion like emoted after one of his you know nice catches he's had a rough go of, of it as of late and really all season um so it felt like the offense found another gear again the caveat to that is they only scored 17 points they only scored three points in the second half and when the rubber hit the road and they, they needed things to happen, uh, it wasn't they, they weren't able to make anything happen. So that's still a con- this is kind of um, it's not worst case scenario obviously for the outcome of this game. Worst case scenario is you lose to a bad Northwestern team, but you would have hoped Iowa in a win. My hope was that Iowa would not just win but would kind of put my mind at ease about some of these things and make me feel better about the final four games of the season. And that that's that didn't happen. That's not the case. Three games of the season, fourth with a bowl game. Iowa is bowl eligible. Iowa probably not getting into Indianapolis, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, so, yeah, there's some good and some bad. Some good, I mean, again, Tyler Goodson had a good game, a nice game. Played well, 41 yard long. He had that nice touchdown run, 141 yards. He played well. Uh, it, he wasn't in in crunch time. I don't know why. But Iowa, when they needed to run the ball to gain yards against a bad Northwestern defense, they weren't able to do it. So offensive woes have not been cured by any means. But you feel better about the future, I think, with Alex Padilla under center. And that's nothing against Spencer Petras. I really like that dude. I think he's been a really good leader. But it just, I mean, it was clear and it was obvious. Kirk Ferentz couldn't not make that move when he made it. He waited as long as he possibly could. But you couldn't put Spencer Petras back out on that field after the, the throws he had made in that first, those first three drives. Spencer Peters was two of four for four yards, and the two the two attempts that weren't completed were in the in the ground in the dirt. So you had to make that move. By all accounts, Petrus was still, you know, engaged and excited for Alex Padilla and a part of you know you saw him with the headset on and and all of that. So uh, feel good for him and. You know, maybe he transfers and has a good career as a mid-major quarterback. Uh, defensively, Iowa played well. 
as well as you can hope. I think it, it will be nice to get Moss and or Terry Roberts back as soon as we can get those guys back. But you did have um, Jamari Harris with his first pick. And I saw David Eichel, the 24-7 sports, uh, pointed this out. That's the 10th interception, the 10th player with an interception for Iowa this season. That's a crazy stat. I think Iowa has 17 interceptions now on the season that that leads the country. I think it's 17. Maybe 18. I'm not sure. But Dane Belton had two. And that was awesome. That was key. That second one obviously was huge. All three throws really were terrible. I mean, they seemed like easy interceptions. They were almost like Hail Mary passes, it seemed like. It's not like Belton or Harris made incredible plays. Um, but, you know, you take it. It felt good to get back into, into the interception column again. It felt good to be back into the, you know, plus three turnover margin in, in a game. Uh, felt good to be back in the plus penalty margin of a game. Um it's not all cured. It's not all fixed. I am worried moving forward. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, um, you know, a win is a win. It doesn't feel great, <laughs> but it feels a hell of a lot better than the last two games have felt. So uh, in heaven, there is no beer. And I'm, I'm going to have a sip of beer right now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I want to look at the team stats here. Uh, Northwestern, it, they have to feel like they should have won this game. Northwestern had 20 first downs to Iowa's 19. Northwestern 6 of 18 from third. 2 of 2 on fourth down. That's not, that's not right. They, were, they missed that one. So 2 of 3, I guess. 2 of 14 was Iowa on third down. 2 of 14 on third down. That's brutal. Northwestern outgained Iowa. 270 passing yards Northwestern had to Iowa's 176. 176 is not great. That was great. To three uh, interceptions thrown by Northwestern. Rushing yards, Iowa outgained them by quite a bit. 185 to 93. 4.9 yards per rush for Iowa. That was pretty good. Penalties, Iowa just had three for 30 yards. Eight for 65 yards for Northwestern. Uh, Time of possession, pretty even. Um, Iowa missed a lot of tackles in this game, and that was rough. Missed a lot of the the initial tackle. You know, Iowa, over and over, does a good job of being in position. That's Phil Parker's defense, right? That's the it's Norm Parker's defense. It's the defense Iowa's played for almost twenty years. You keep the ball in front of you. You come up and you make the hit. The problem is when you don't make the hit and you don't make that tackle. Sometimes there's a lot of room behind you. And we've just seen more and more of that in these last three games. Um, I don't know exactly why. Hopefully Iowa getting a little healthier defensively will, will help that. And Iowa's defensive line 
played really well tonight. Um, you know, Seth Benson played well. Like individually, they played well, but there were there were just too many missed tackles. Um, and Evan Hall, especially on that you know penultimate drive, was just impossible to, to stop, and that was that was tough. So yeah, like I was defense. Like I can point out a lot of the individuals, um, and for as terrible as they were, the Big Ten Network crew pointed out some of them. Um, but as a whole, there was just too many missed tackles, right? Too many missed tackles. That was uh, that was kind of tough. The refereeing was abysmal on both sides. The pass interference called on Hankins was a ridiculous call, a garbage call. That's a terrible call. You can't make that call. If that's pass interference, you can't defend a pass. Hankins played that as well as you could possibly hope him to play it. Uh, uh, Vice versa, on the other hand, you can't call. I mean, I don't know what Pat Fitzgerald yelled when he reacted the way he did uh, to get that foul to get that personal foul that unsportsmanlike conduct but I I can't even imagine what he could have yelled to have warranted that call in that moment I mean that that's a big reason why I will won this game if Northwestern gets a touchdown right there and I will continue to be just complacent on offense and miss tackles on defense, we're talking about a different game. Um, that was a big call. That was a bad call when they initially called targeting. That was—I mean—I could see why you call that on the field, but they like the replays weren't the the spot that they gave Northwestern on that fourth down, and then they replay it, and it's clear they didn't get it. Even if they needed to move the ball back and measure again, it was clear that where they had placed the ball was not where the ball was. And even with the replay, an extended replay, they still couldn't get that right. I mean, it was it was horrendous officiating, and it was it probably affected Northwestern a little bit more than it affected Iowa in a bad way, right? But Iowa got screwed a couple of times as well. Um, so yeah, again, like <laughs> there's one part of me that's very happy because Iowa got a win. You're back to winning. Uh, you feel good about the move to Padilla. That's only, what, the second time Ferentz has made an an in-season quarterback change. And he can say that Petrus is banged up or, you know, has a shoulder injury. I'm sure that's true. I can't imagine how banged up you'd be after seven or eight games in in a Big Ten season. But there was also the fact that Petrus was not capable of of marching of, of leading this offense anywhere he wasn't capable of scoring points um when he threw the ball out of bounds on fourth down last week and then we saw Padilla come in and then when he threw that ball into the ground on third down in the third series tonight like you just you can't not make a move and so credit to Ferentz for for making that move um and I'm excited about what that looks like but this win tonight didn't didn't make me feel anything better you know chances to rebound and and look like a top 10 team like they did for so much of the the first half of this season um let's look at Iowa's upcoming schedule and kind of a wacky day in the Big Ten
All right, let's go around the Big Ten quickly before we look ahead to Iowa's last three games of the season. Um, Illinois goes to Minnesota and beats the Gophers 14-6. to Minnesota, who I think had won three in a row and had looked pretty good doing it, felt like they had a lot of momentum. Ranked 20th, was kind of was kind of worried about that coming into Kinnick next week, and I, I still am. We'll talk about that. But for Illinois to, to go on the road and win that game. So Illinois goes to Penn State and wins, then just gets beaten by a terrible Rutgers team at home, and then goes to Minnesota and wins. And then they'll be coming to, to Iowa City to Kinnick in a couple of weeks. So that'll be interesting. Bielema will have his guys uh, really jacked up for that. Um, Ohio State sneaks by Nebraska 26-17. Nebraska with just another game where they probably played better than a lot of people thought they would. They maybe played closer than people expected them to, but ultimately uh, close doesn't count in football, 26-17. And Nebraska's now 3-7, and and their fifth straight losing season is guaranteed. Um, I saw somebody national tweet out that they had five in the 57 years before that and now have five losing seasons in a row. And you wonder, I mean, can Scott Frost really keep his job after another season like this? Again, it feels like they're close, so maybe and maybe if they rattle off a couple of wins, I think they have a bye, and then they play Wisconsin and Iowa. So if they can beat Wisconsin and Iowa and kind of stake their claim as – yeah, things didn't go our way this year, but talent-wise and by the end of the season, we could beat the top couple of teams in, in the Big Ten West, which may not ultimately be true, but um, you know, maybe, maybe that's something they still have to play for. If they take a, take a week off here and then get housed by Wisconsin, which is a possibility, I mean, going into that Black Friday game, if they're 3-8 and eight and have absolutely nothing to play for, um, I think that, that helps Iowa, clearly. Purdue does to Michigan State what they did to us. And I guess at least we're, we're not alone. Um, Michigan State, who had just beaten a top 10 undefeated team in Michigan in a huge rivalry game, the same way Iowa beat Penn State. And then Michigan State goes to Purdue and gets trounced 40-29. to 29. Uh, I mean, Michigan State had that late touchdown and two-point conversion to, to kind of tighten things up. But David Bell had just a huge game. Stop me when this sounds familiar. Michigan State's title run uh, ends with Purdue brutal for Michigan State after that win over uh, Michigan last week and you you know is it is it is Purdue getting lucky coming up against these teams the week after huge emotional you know wins I don't know but that's Purdue's 17th win I saw this stat on the Big Ten Network 17th win as an unranked team over a top five team that's incredible and they're second this season and we know all too well how terrible that feels. Penn State put away Maryland, got back to wins, did Penn State. Now 6-3 and three after a three-game losing streak, 31-14 over Maryland. And Wisconsin just housed Rutgers. There was hope, I thought, that um, maybe, maybe Wisconsin would trip up here. Wisconsin looks good. They look like they're uh, not going to lose again. I'll have to look at exactly what they're... Uh, schedule looks like here. I don't. I didn't have it in front of me, but um, okay. So they 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 host Northwestern, host Nebraska, and then at Minnesota. So Wisconsin's probably not losing again. I don't think it's really worth it to look in depth at at Iowa's 
place in the Big Ten West right now or what would have to happen for Iowa to get to Indianapolis. We're just not close enough yet. Uh, maybe if we beat Minnesota this weekend and, uh, you know, Purdue and or Wisconsin lose. I think Purdue plays Ohio State this week. So that's a, well, not a guaranteed loss, a, a likely so maybe if they lose and, and we beat Minnesota, we can start looking at that. But until then, I really don't think it's it's worth it because Minnesota comes to town and you don't feel great as an Iowa fan about anything right now. Um, you know, if you get Riley Moss back and again, and or Terry Roberts, uh, that'll certainly help your case on defense. I think getting back home will, will help as well. Uh, the offense looks like it has a little bit more life. You know, does Padilla spending a week as the starting quarterback with the number one offense uh, does the advantage that gives you get nullified or outweighed or whatever by the fact that Minnesota knows which quarterback to prepare for I don't know we'll find out Uh, it'll be an interesting week then Illinois again you kind of never know what to to expect with Illinois but you don't feel great about that game the way that they're playing and the way they're going on the road and, and beating teams like Minnesota and Penn State and then again you're at Nebraska on Black Friday and you just hope that the Huskers have absolutely nothing to play for that there's no energy in that stadium and that you can come out with a win you know maybe Iowa is capable of getting to 10 wins maybe 10 and 2 is legitimate I could see it I could see seven and five still. <laughs> so uh, I'm optimistic, but I'm wary, if that makes any sense at all. I don't know. I'll think about it this weekend. I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more. We'll have this game covered from all angles extensively at HawkeyeNation.com. John Bonencamp, Rob Howe, Rick Brown, uh Trent Condon will have podcasts and, and gambling advice all week long, and, and we'll cover this. And I'll, I'll get an inside look at Minnesota at some point with my opposition research podcast. We will uh, we'll do this right and have fun. And, hey, basketball starts this week too. So a nice showing last night in an exhibition domination. Uh, I'm excited for this basketball season. I think I've talked about that. I'll certainly talk about it more this week. And uh, – We'll kind of see what happens Tuesday night if it's worth having a uh, an instant reaction podcast for a, the first game of the season. We'll kind of see how I'm feeling, as you've probably felt if you or noticed if you follow this closely. Uh, whether or not these happen is kind of whether. So we'll see how that goes. But until then, I do appreciate you listening. Celebrate this one. I know it's not perfect. I know things could be better. But, hey, it's a win. It could be a lot worse. It's a beautiful weekend here in Iowa. Thank you for listening. And go Hawks.